History is about to be made, ladies and gentlemen. Like the good man with a really deep, really deep baritone announcer voice said, welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. This is the first one in the history of the entire universe. I am your host, Mike, the fantasy hitman right. I am joined. I am joined today, which it should be every every single time, not just today. That made it sound very specific. Uh, But I'm joined by... Ben Cummins and Chris Meany. Chris Meany is from the Fantasy Sports Network. Ben Cummins is from a lot of places. He also writes for the Fantasy Footballers. He brought you all of our DFS content last year. You know Chris Meany from the other fantasy, the regular Fantasy Footballers podcast. I'm going to have to figure out what to call that, Brooks. I w- I'll call that the Fantasy Footballers redraft show. But you know Chris Meany would jump on and give us some DFS tips i'm going to talk to you first ben how is it going how excited are you for this show oh it's going awesome man i am so freaking excited to get this started i know we've talked about doing it for a little while been uh, working behind the scenes and today it's finally here and i'm super pumped to get going and how about you chris how's it going up in the great white north the great white north is good that's right it's hot and sunny ready for football dfs yeah i couldn't be uh, happier to be joined by you two and be a part of the history right here talk some dfs in, in history his, history i hope it's a good history but it will be <laughs> i want to tell you so th- this is what this show is all about this is dfs for the rest of us we know that the there's a lot of shows and there's there's advice out there for those unbelievably, all you are is a high-level player. You are a high-volume player. You are a shark in the water. Well, you know what? There's a lot of other fish in there who have they were minnows and now they are trout. And I would like to, <laughs> I would like to turn us all into a larger fish. We want to educate you. Maybe you have never stepped foot into the FanDuel website. I don't know how you're going to step foot into it, but maybe you've never clicked on the FanDuel website, the DraftKings website, the PlayDraft website. And we are here to equip you with the knowledge, with the confidence that you can get in there, start playing some DFS, enhance your weekend because if you've never played what you are what you don't know is that DFS is incredibly fun. It makes the weekend that much better. And we want you to win. We want you to. We we know that there are uh, people who have never played feel like, well, I'm never going to win. So why would I go in there and waste my money? I'm here to tell you, you can win. The three of us, we are helping you. We are equipping you every single week with this podcast. We will be coming out with this every Friday, and getting you ready for the weekend. So before we jump into the show, I just want to remind people: the Ultimate DFS Pass is available at ultimatedfspass.com, and that in- involves uh, – that's an entire season for one low price. You're going to get articles every week from Ben Cummins. You're going to get articles every week from Chris Meany. You're going to get an article every week from Jake Seeley. This will have you covered for everything DF- DFS-related over the weekend, and we want to let you know we are running 
a contest. We're running a DFS Pass giveaway because we are a new show over here. We need the love. We need the support. We need those five-star reviews on iTunes. So what I need you to do is search for the show in the iTunes store or the podcast app. Click on us. Leave a five-star review. Screenshot that. And then send that over to uh, us on Twitter at the FF Ballers and with the, the hashtag BallersDFS. That's how we know. That's how we'll get you into the contest. And we're going to be giving away quite a few of those. So, fellas, now that I've been uh, just chatting away over here, let's get into the actual 101 because that's what we are doing today. DFS 101. Let's talk FanDuel. What what is FanDuel, Ben? Talk me through it. I've, I've never done it before. I just logged into FanDuel.com. I made an account. What am I looking at doing over the weekend? All right, so you're going to want to get familiar with the scoring settings and the roster settings first and foremost. So with FanDuel, we've got, you know, you start one quarterback, you start two running backs, you start three wide receivers, you start one tight end, you start the all-important kicker position. Oh, very start, important. Yeah, absolutely. Got to go to FanDuel for your kicker, and you start a defense as well. So that's going to be your roster. Um, you are able to pick from every single player in every single game that is going to be on that slate. And a slate is essentially just whatever um, games are decided are going to be a part of this tournament. And we'll get into that a little bit more, but there's lots of options there. Um, but that's kind of your roster construction. And then in terms of settings um, and scoring settings, excuse me, uh, FanDuel is half PPR. Uh, there are no bonuses whatsoever awarded, and we'll get to that in a second when we get into DraftKings and the differences. Um, once the slate starts, once the very first game of your slate starts, your entire, I believe it's nine-player roster locks, and you can't touch it whatsoever. So there's no what's called late swap in FanDuel. Um, you cannot so that's, hit- that's similar to, uh, to what we are used to on Sunday morning. Once Sunday yes. morning hit kickoff hits, or I should say... That's actually not what we're used to because in the morning, we once those morning games start, then I can't change, but I can still make a maneuver for my afternoon and possibly Monday night games. What you're saying is on FanDuel, once the contest starts, everything is locked. If late injury news comes out for an afternoon game, you are, uh, you're up a creek. That's exactly right. Yeah, so you got to you think about that a little bit more on FanDuel, whereas opposed to DraftKings does have that late swap, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and so again, like you said, that's a little bit more what you're used to in season long. Um, a couple quirks on FanDuel, you cannot pick more than four players from the same team and you have to pick players from at least three different teams. DraftKings does not have as many, um, things, uh, you know, things that force you to have to, yes, thank you. Restrictions. And then for scoring settings for FanDuel for quarterbacks, four point passing touchdowns, um, 25 passing yards per point, minus one for interceptions, and then you know your standard for wide receivers and running backs, 0.1 points for every yard rushing and receiving, six points for touchdowns, minus two for fumbles lost, and return touchdowns are six points. So we're essentially dealing with you know the same exact scoring settings that you're going to see in season long. It's really just more so that you have more options every single week. Every single player is available to you. So if you have a bad week or if a player gets hurt on your roster that you can't predict, you can start all over the next week, which is one of the reasons why I love it. 
and think it's the best thing that's ever happened to fantasy football. So, Chris, I, I know that there are differences between FanDuel and DraftKings, which if you're not if you're not experienced with these two, because they, they are FanDuel and DraftKings are the big two when it comes to salary cap tournaments, and PlayDraft is the big dog when it comes to a standard draft format. That's how you get your team. You do a draft every single week. But so the salary cap kings, which DraftKings, what are, what would be different if I'm jumping on to DraftKings and making a team over there versus FanDuel? Well, first of all, the point system. you get a, It's full point PPR as opposed to half point PPR in FanDuel, as Ben was talking about. You get that bonus, three-point bonus for a 100-yard rusher, a 100-yard receiver. You got a quarterback that passes 300 yards. You're going to get a bonus there. And there is a late swap. So if you do target some guys in the evening or late games, you can go ahead and change them if there's a little bit of a scratch. As opposed to FanDuel, you really can't take that risk. You can if you want to, of course, but if you're going to play in a head-to-head, we'll get into the types of games in a bit, but you're going to play in a head-to-head or a cash, you want to be a little bit more safe, you're probably going to avoid a guy in the later slate, the later schedule at 4 o'clock or the evening game where the news hasn't come down if that guy's going to be questionable. Uh, Other things to just keep in mind with DraftKings, no kicker. I do love the kicker, actually, in FanDuel. I mean, we've got to give them some love, right? You've got to give them <laughs> some love. I was going to celebrate the no kicker, but to each his own, I guess. I but I'll be quiet over here. <laughs> <laughs> there is some strategy when, talking, when selecting kickers. but uh, So for DraftKings, no kicker. It has a flex position instead. So you, you can ride with another back, uh, a pass catcher, whatever you want to do there. Uh, again, the late slow up, uh, the four-point passing touchdown, all of these scoring systems, pretty much the same. There, there's no real difference. It's just that added bonus, and, and we avoid the kickers. We kind of forget the both in DraftKings. Now, in DraftKings, because it's a, it's a full-point PPR, uh, and you can play... Uh, you have, you play the three wide receiver plus the flex. You're talking about the wide receiver is a a huge bump. The 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 term zero RB. That's what we know from redraft, where you're saying whatever I'm going to save money or I'm going to save a uh, uh, draft equity on running backs by I'm going to go all in on wide receivers. Do you do you feel like that has an effect on your strategy when you're thinking about DraftKings versus FanDuel? Yeah, that's- I think so. Like last year, as you talked about just the strategy, how it's changed in redraft, like no RBs. Last year was different than two years ago playing DFS, I found. You pay up for the running backs. A couple of years ago, most of the backs were hurt. The top guys, there was some, I don't want to call them scrubs, but they're when they come onto this scene, when they're... They're the RB1. You're just wondering how many touches they're going to get, how many carries they're going to get. They're fairly cheap. And for DraftKings, I still do think that people will still roll with three running backs. You get a pass catcher. You get that added boost as a point to the half-point PPR. If this guy you feel is going to get a six or seven catches and maybe a few carries out of the backfield, people will use those guys as a flex, a Darren Sproles, a Danny Woodhead. Some of those guys are just examples. But definitely there's always some value in in just wide receivers. You can pick guys that are just at the bare minimum, $3,000. For example, week one last year, Terrell Pyre, $3,000. You could see him move up the chain, but there's always some value early in the season where guys will roll out four wideouts like you talked about. So you talked about the price of Terrell Pryor. I'm going to back up just to the absolute basic of building a, a roster on the salary cap. For the people who are not familiar with it, you are given, you are allotted a 
it essentially a salary cap. So you have sixty thousand. Am I correct in that? Sixty thousand yes. dollars to spend. Sixty thousand on FanDuel, fifty thousand on DraftKings. And you get to build your roster where players cost a certain amount. Obviously, the high level players are going to cost more. So you have to decide, well, do I want to spend here, spend money here? Do I want to to spend money over here? And the the amount that a player costs is built on an algorithm. So FanDuel and DraftKings, they're the ones who, who set the prices, but they actually set their prices a, a little bit different. Ben, do you want to talk about uh, uh, that difference of, of on the two sites just real quick? Yeah, so FanDuel um, has historically a little bit more implemented a strict salary floor, which makes the difference in price between studs and streamers much closer than it usually is on DraftKings. And so this kind of makes it much tougher to fade stud running backs um, like we were talking about a little bit, but also elite players at other positions that just um, greatly outweigh you know, the upside that you can get from other guys at that position. And a great example of that is a healthy Rob Gronkowski. So because um, of that salary floor where let's say Gronk is 8,000 this week, and a backup tight end, not a backup tight end, but just like um, a starter that, you know, you kind of see as a guy that's going to be low owned um, and you kind of want to play him. If he's 6,000, that's not a huge difference at all in salary. Uh, but on DraftKings, you can see a much wider range in salary where Gronk could still be like the 8,000, but they dip their tight ends all the way down to that 3,000 and even $2,500 floor. And so there's going to be times where, you know, starting tight ends that you like are going to be $5,000 cheaper than Gronk. So on DraftKings specifically, it makes it a lot harder to pay up for a guy like Gronk because of that discrepancy. So you definitely want to pay attention to that and not only look at pricing ranks when you're going in and looking at, you know, how much each player costs, but also pricing differences. Is Gronk 2000, you know, even though these two players are, you know, Gronk's the first ranked tight end and, and let's say Jack Doyle week one is the 15th ranked tight end. Well, if they're only 2000 apart on FanDuel and 5000 apart on DraftKings, again, you know, it's going to be much more palatable to play Jack Doyle on DraftKings because he's so much cheaper. Sure. And then over at PlayDraft, it's not salary at all I was talking about. It's a, it's a draft system. It's the old snake draft, the old serpentine that you are used to, you go, you know, in and out. It's really basic. We, we all know how it works. And over there on draft, you grab a quarterback, two running backs, and then you have two flex, which are either a wide receiver or tight end. So the, this, the roster construction over on draft is a lot different than these other two sites. And things to take into account are draft, it's a half-point PPR. It's a four-point passing touchdown which is nice because for us who are we're listening to fantasy podcasts, we're getting our knowledge up. Four-point touchdown, we devalue the quarterback. I'm not worried about it. So let's move on, fellas. We're going to talk about the types of games, and this is more of a focus for FanDuel and DraftKings because they, do, they, they offer different kinds of contests. So the, 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 the overarching theme, you have a cash game, and then you have a what's called a GPP. It's a guaranteed prize pool. So what you're going to hear the term GPP thrown around a lot. So it's essentially just think when you hear GPP, you're, that's, that's the million dollar. That's the, uh, the guy you saw on TV 
every five freaking seconds a couple <laughs> years ago going, I won a million dollars on FanDuel. Wee. So, so that's what he was playing. But there are other ways that you can win, uh, win some money and, and have some fun. So I'm going to go to you, Chris. Let's talk about cash games. This, this is the, the format that is near and dear to your heart. And there's, there's a couple different ways to play a cash game. So tell the people about it. So, well, obviously, GPPs are fun. That's when you talk about the million dollars. Guys rolling out Brian Fitzpatrick. He scores seven touchdowns and someone gets a million dollars. But for cash games, there's some more safety to it. You really kind of – you don't want to think outside the box. Maybe that's a bad way of saying it. But if you're going to go in a 50-50 with 40 people involved – And explain you, it. What, what's a 50-50? So I'll say 50-50. Exactly half the field wins money and nearly doubles their entry fee in these kind of contests. So for an example, if you go into a contest that costs $20 and there's 40 people in it and you come top 20, you're going to double up your money. It, it, it's you're just getting basically half of the prize pool, right? You're you're exactly doubling up what you had. They're called there's double ups, there's triple ups, there's quadruple ups, like it's <laughs> quintuples. You could you could just they offer everything, everything really. There and and I'm sure as the weeks go on, they'll have different contests, maybe ten times your money. I'm not really sure. They're always coming up with different contests for you, but. That's just one example. There's a head-to-head where it's just Mike, you, and I can go head-to-head, and I'll win all of the pool. Of course, DraftKings will get a little bit of money. That's the rake. That's Wait, how they're making money saying, here. So you're saying you you get the money, or you're insinuating you're going to beat me That's in right. head-to-head. I'm glad we're on the same page here. So, yeah, you and I head-to-head. We'll play against each other. It's my lineup against your lineup. Whoever scores the most points takes home all of that cash. So, uh, And again, it's about an 80%, 90% of the entire prize pool. Um, so for me, for a strategy, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but since we're talking about it, uh, and I, one thing I failed to, to talk about with DraftKings, you can play five guys on one team. Where on FanDuel, Ben was talking about you can only have a, the four guys. For DraftKings, and I've seen this before, the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. I mean, this is going to be a season where they have the three killer bees, and they could put up some points. I've seen it before where guys just have the entire Steelers team, and I'm talking defense as well. Yep. I won a million dollars doing that. A million dollars doing it. You're right. You had the tight end. You had the back, the quarterback. You had Brown and uh, Bryant. You had the defense, and someone won a million dollars that way. It's not a, it's not a great strategy, but people <laughs> do do it. It, it, it does happen. Uh, so that's just one example of how the two sites – differentiate other just a little bit but yeah for cash i just feel like it's you're going with safety uh, you can go with some upside guys that are cheap but you really want you want to look at touches where are these touches going to come targets target shares is this guy on average is he going to get eight to ten targets that's safety quarterback is he a passing quarterback are we playing a weak defense that that struggles in the secondary these are things that you all really have to not just you take all of these things in consideration when you're playing any kind of contest, but for for head-to-heads and cash, I feel like there's more safety there, and it's just a better chance to win. So you're a fair way to say is you're looking. Uh, are you looking for more floor or yep. more ceiling, or are you just trying to balance? You're looking for. You could have some balance in there for sure, and you want to always shoot for upside. But for me, when I'm playing these in a smaller co- group, if there's like 40 people or a head-to-head, I'm looking at safety. I'm looking at floor. Uh, I'm going to take a back like Le'Veon Bell, who I know is going to touch the ball 22-plus times. I'll take a DJ who's going to touch the ball 22-plus times as opposed to 
like Eric Blunt in Philly, where I'm not really sure how these touches are going to play out. So safety is huge when it comes to cash games, when it comes to head-to-heads and double-ups and 50-50s. All of these things you have to take into consideration. Sure. So let's move over to the guaranteed prize pool, the GPP. This is where Ben Cummins, Cummins lives. He he has a yeah, tent baby. and a sleeping bag resting at the foot of the GPP mountain. So, Ben, talk to talk to the people a little bit about what it is, what's, you know, the tournament, how are you looking to play? How is it different than, than a cash game? Yeah. So my favorite thing in the world, um, (laughs) it is, uh, not as many people are going to win money. Um, like Chris talked about, it's, you know, these aren't 50 fifties. Um, you're going to have to generally, if you're going to win money in GPPs and it depends on the specific tournament, GPP is just another way to say tournament. Um, but anywhere from a range of 19 to 25%, Okay, so we're talking a quarter at most of the entries are going to win money. However, if you do finish in the money, you're not just going to double. Well, um, it depends on the payout. If you just if you just barely win money, then you're not really going to win much more than doubling your money. But the the reason to play these and what you're chasing is the very upper echelon of the leaderboard, the people that get first, second, third, fourth, fifth, that's where almost all the money goes. So this is where we're talking about throwing $25 down and first wins a million or throwing $25 down and there's not as many people you're competing against, but there's still a lot and first wins 200,000 and things of that nature. So, you know, your odds aren't as great, but if you do hit and you put together, you know, the lineup that you you know, are going to tell your buddies about for years over drinks, then you are going to make enough money in one contest that, you know, it, it would take you years to build up that type of cash in 50-50s, slowly building up your money. But that's just where, you know, we're going to talk about it. It depends on what your mindset is, you know, what type of player you want to be, how you want to win your money, how risky you are. Um, And, you know, once you decide what you want to do, then, you know, based on what me and Chris are talking about, you can gear your strategy towards cash games or tournaments. Or if you want to dabble in both, a lot of people do that as well. That's all good stuff. So there you have it. There's an overview of the kind of the the two more common types of games over on FanDuel and DraftKings. Now I want to move the discussion into uh, you heard the word slate being thrown around a lot. You talk about the game slates, and that's essentially the combination of games that are allowed in the tournament. You can pick players from these teams in the contest. So, uh, uh, Ben, just walk us through what kind of slates there are, because it's it's not just hey Sunday morning and or, or all of Sunday you have access to all these guys. They do all kinds of different. Uh, approaches and combinations of games. So let, let me hear a few of them, Ben. Oh yeah, this is another reason why DFS is so amazing because not only do you get to basically decide what format you want to play and how much you want to put down in terms of your entry fee and how many people you want to play against because you know all that information before you enter. They have that information readily available to you, but you also get to pick the slate and they basically create a slate for every single person. So the main slate is all day Sunday. And the main slate used to be used to include the Monday night game, but that recently changed. I believe it was last year on both DraftKings and FanDuel. They took that game off 
probably because nobody wants to wait an extra day for their money. So now the main slate is the full day on Sunday, including the early games, the afternoon games, and the Sunday night game. And when I say main slate, I mean DraftKings and FanDuel offers their biggest tournaments for that slate. So again, what we were referencing earlier, putting $5 down to win $5,000, putting $25 down to win $200,000, those are going to be most relevant in that main slate, but you can still find tournaments no, regardless of the slate. So I would say my favorite is the main slate just because I love playing those tournaments, um, hoping to you know hit and win all that money. But there also are um, the Sunday morning only, so just the um, the early games, and once those are over, you know payouts happen immediately. You know how much you're going to win. You know if you won any money at all. They have the Sunday afternoon, which is fun because it's not as many games. Usually in that afternoon, we're talking five, four, three games, somewhere in that range, depending on bye weeks. And then one of my favorites is the primetime slate, which is just two games. That's as low as you can go. You can never just play one game. And the primetime slate is going to be that Sunday night football game and that Monday night football game. And I just love doing that one so much because, you know, we're all watching those games regardless, right? So... I'm, at, I'm usually at least making one or two lineups and hoping something's going to hit. But, you know, there's other interesting ones as well. When there's a London game early Sunday morning while you're probably still sleeping, half the time um, you can do a Thursday night and just that Sunday a.m. where it's just those two games. Um, it makes it a lot harder, obviously, in tournaments because everybody is picking from just those four teams and you have to get really contrarian. And we'll, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it's also fun because you're generally watching those games and it isn't as hard in the sense of there's less players to pick from. All right. I, I like it. So, Chris, in, with, your, with your thinking about cash games, is there a particular slate that you find yourself drawn to, the main one, or, or do you have a, one of these unique ones that you like to go in on every week? I love them all, and I also play a lot of GPP. I'm like Ben here. Daily fantasy <laughs> sports is it's phenomenal. It, it really, like if you don't want to draft Jordan Reed because you're scared of Jordan Reed being hurt all year, play him in DFS. You yep. can still have him in fantasy. He's basically yours for the, the entire week. You can play him. Uh, to Ben's point, when he's talking about the two games, the Monday and Thursday, I, I feel those are fun because you only have so many players to choose from. You've got to really be creative. Again, I'll go back to Le'Veon Bell. Will I think he'd be highly owned, over 50% in the contest I'm going to be in, even in a big one? Sure, he may be. Am I going to fade him? No, probably not. I'll take that. I know that everyone else, we're kind of on the same page here, and then I'll go a little bit different. Maybe I'll take a Sammy Coates. This is an example, right? Uh, I, that's what, Oh, yeah. With those that's what makes so of, fun. You're right. Yeah, with those Mondays and Thursdays, you really kind of have to think out the box. You have to, and when you get a guy like Sammy Coates who busts one out, you know you're ahead of the game. So you really want to target maybe just a guy that you think is going to be low owned. It can has some high upside and can blow up that way. I really like those smaller slates, but I, like Ben says, I love those all day ones. The Sunday you got everything there. Forget about Monday. I don't like. I'm not a huge fan of the Thursday to the Monday especially when lineups lock. A lot can happen from Friday to Sunday morning. Uh, but Sunday morning all the way up to Sunday night, those are the best ones to play. You've got basically everybody to choose from. Now, Thanksgiving offers a unique oh, circumstance where it, 
It's Turkey Day in America. That's right. And we now have three football games because, honestly, two is not enough on a national holiday. We need to, we need to bump that <laughs> Absolutely up. Absolutely not. So can you, Chris, talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and, and what uh, you get to look forward to for, for this holiday. I guess should say not necessarily a holiday for my Canadian brother <laughs> up there, not understanding how we do things with, with the pilgrims. It basically is, but but go ahead and talk about uh, Thanksgiving real quick. Yeah, it's it's a lot like just talking about a Monday to Thursday. You have three games, so you're going to have six quarterbacks to choose from. You know, a dozen backs, a ton of wide receivers, and you just kind of put your lineup together that way. Just from that day, you may not like any. You may not like four of the six teams playing that way, and you don't think that they're going to have a lot of fantasy relevance. You're not going to get a lot of points, but everybody is in the same contest, and everyone's in the same boat, the same page. So it it works just the same as just a two day a two day contest or going over a couple days for two games. So it's it's just the same. You got your early game, you got your afternoon, and you got your evening. You can lock up if you want just the evening game if you think that's going to be a high scoring point. Looking at Vegas lines, looking at projections, all of that stuff is very very important. Uh, I think last year the one of the first games was Detroit and Minnesota. A lot yeah. of people maybe thought that was going to be low scoring. It turned out it wasn't. You can target the late game was Washington and Dallas, which was high score. Uh, so it just works the same way, Mike. It's just, just you got a couple, three games to choose from and build your lineups that way. And you get the whole day to watch your points pile up and hopefully cash out at the end of the night. And I'm so glad you brought this up because Thanksgiving is one of, I mean, it comes close to my favorite slate of the entire year. Um, I ended up writing an article for the Thanksgiving slate last year, um, even though it wasn't really on the docket, but I just told Brooks, look, I want to write this because I've loved this slate for a couple years. And it goes to, you know, me loving the primetime slate, but two games is tough. I love throwing in that third game because it allows for ownership percentage to be spread out a little bit more, but it's also less players to pick. So it's technically not as hard. And at the same time, and of course, we're going to get into all of this, but you still have to be contrarian to some extent. So just one quick example was I had a lot of Anquan Bolden on Thanksgiving last year because he was very cheap. I knew he was going to be low owned. And when he caught that touchdown, I think it was in the first quarter, (laughs) I'm jumping up and down before I go meet up with family for Thanksgiving. Super pumped to start the day. And, um, you know, I I didn't have enough Washington, so it ended up not working out all that great. (laughs) But these are those instances that make DFS so amazing. Well, fellas, I think that's that's pretty good here for a DFS 101, getting new players into things. So please stay tuned. Of course, go to iTunes, leave us that, that five-star review like I talked about. We're giving away from the Fantasy Footballers an ultimate DFS pass. Leave the five-star review screenshot. Tweet it at us, at the FF Ballers with the hashtag BallersDFS. I am Mike Wright. You can find me at FFHitman. Ben Cummins is at Ben Cummins with two M's and an I, FF. So, you know what? I, that was very confusing for people, so I'll just spell the whole thing out. B-E-N-C-U-M-M-I-N-S-F-F. And you can find Chris Meany at Chris Meany. So stay tuned. We are, we're we're going to work our way through eating some strategy. We're going to talk uh, – we're going to talk about the process of how these guys pick their running backs, their wide receivers, and there's there's a lot that goes into it, and that's why we are here. We're we're here to 
You can stand on the shoulders of giants. You don't have to do this by yourself. We're all we're all in it together. So I hope you stay tuned. Thank you so much for checking out the first ever Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Woo. We will see you uh, very shortly, in fact. So I hope everyone has a, a fantastic day. Ben, Chris, do you have anything to say as we close out? Come back. Don't be strangers. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait. Thanks for listening. All right. DFS for the rest of us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.